transition but I, I just want to talk real quick because i'm very curious i meant to ask because it's sure. again right, i have to tell you my, one of my favorite songs but like celebration really like that one yeah. right is that the one is that the one that talks about you know we're getting back to the basics no yeah. bs mm-hmm. is that the uh-huh. same, yep. That's same one. see hey man you, it's there you it. you it's it, in the yeah. rolodex somewhere back there yeah, man yeah. but like how did y'all have the opportunity to collaborate because i think I, I read about it you know and it said yeah these were other the female artists are from the local area as well and What's that? I'm sorry. Pensacola. Pensacola. Yeah. And so how were y'all able to like tie in and, and do that? Cause I think it's fantastic. And then that I think will tie into promotion and marketing and collaboration a little bit from the business side. So I think ice, ice kind of put that together. Our DJ cool ice water, but we do work with mother color. Shout out to mother color and uh simple strings. Is that yeah, simple strings, simple strings. So we were all in the studio already. I think mother color had a, a session. No, um, yeah. remember we 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 just said so, we decided we were just going to have a day session. That's right. So remember, we just invited them out. Okay. okay. Ice connected us with them, okay. but we we'd already done shows with them before, so oh, okay. we knew that they were dope, and we just kind of wanted to see what we could create together. So we basically just invited them to the studio. It was a Friday or Saturday. It was yeah. It, I think it was just a yeah, Saturday was a afternoon. Yeah, afternoon. Yeah, and we just all sat in there. We vibed out. We listened to some beats. We talked. We talked shit. Yeah. Had a good time, and then we just created. We made that entire record in one day. One day. Really? Yeah. yeah. Master mixed everything in one day. Yep, we did out that entire record in one day. Wow. Yep. And it was and it really was just genuine just vibes. We didn't go in there set to make celebrations. Celebrations mm-hmm. is what we made. Yeah. Yeah. I like I said, man, I really it, it was there was a couple, like I think I told you that had the, the collaboration that I knew one is like it stands out. And that's I think one of your more recent Yeah, we right? just dropped that one. Yeah. Um and, and then like I said, I listened in celebration. Those like I don't know if it's the hook or what, but it really caught it in like the lyrics and I, I remember those. I will continue to remember those and listen right. to those. Right. As long as my kids are in the car. You know what I mean. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> Not with the kids so they get a little older. Yeah. Um, as far as like the promotion and marketing goes, like, cause I always find that interesting <clears throat> for different, you know, industries or whatever. And it's, it's also crazy, right? Cause you both work in the restaurant industry at some aspect and you'll see the same thing from them. They have to do some kind of marketing. So how did you start, I guess, organically growing and learning the marketing? Because I don't know if that's really in the theater side of the house that you got from the formal education side, um, excuse me, nor maybe, from the from the sports background and things that you've done in your past, so how how did y'all dive into the marketing side? So I have a degree actually in marketing. What? Come on now, man. Yeah. Come on, man. You yeah. didn't say that. I asked you about your just, background. You I was just, just letting it slide. This though. is what I was like, letting it slide. Like, yeah, I mean, it mic drop. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and in uh, and in human behavior too, as well. So okay. Uh, but the marketing is. I guess I am really in charge of the marketing, huh? <laughs> we really. have our we have our strengths. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's just kind of, you know, we have a blueprint of how to market mm-hmm. that works has has worked for us for years, and then we just tweak it for whatever song it is. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a firm believer, and he is as well. To reach somebody, you got to see somebody. Mm-hmm. You got to touch somebody. Okay. You got to shake a hand, make a friend. You want a million fans, shake a million hands. You know what I'm saying? So I'm more of I got to, we got to be outside. We got to see these people. The digital marketing is cool. Mm-hmm. That's straight. You're going to get some views and stuff, but to actually get a fan, I feel like they have to understand you and know you. And that's like my marketing tool. Like, Hey, you'll see me out. I'm the same guy you see out the same guy you see bartending. Like, mm. you know, 
Like you know me from the job, mm-hmm. but you also know I do music. Mm-hmm. I don't make it a staple at the job because I'm working, but right. I, if you if you're interested, I'm gonna let you know, and I'm gonna give you the you know what I'm saying how to find us and sure. stuff like that because I think it's all marketing. Like you you yourself are a brand. This this podcast you have, mm-hmm. even though you, you're just getting started, you have to think of yourself as like you're the brand, you're the face of this podcast. Mm-hmm. So when you're out and about, you always have to be in character, quote unquote. Like sure. you have to be aware of who you're around, be aware of who you're meeting, be aware how you treat people. Right. And they're gonna buy into you before they buy into anything you're doing. That's true. Yep. That's solid. That's a solid point. You know what I'm saying? So, that's for real. And that's how I think we've been able to be so successful because we are who we are on the record, but we are who we are in real life. Yeah. Like I'm I'm never I'm never too big to talk to somebody or give advice or, you know, hug somebody, take mm-hmm. a picture. No matter how big I'm getting, I'm never going to be that big because people remember that. Mm-hmm. And I, I say it like this. I, I take this marketing strategy too. When it, when it's all said and done and they put, they put the dirt on you, nobody's going to remember how much money you had. They're going to remember how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. That's true. And in marketing, it's the same way. How do you make them feel? How do you feel when you drink a Coca-Cola? When you see a Coca-Cola in a commercial? Right. It's the feeling. Right. So in person, I'm giving you this feeling so you can buy into me, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then you come back to the product and we have a good product. But you have to have a good product to be able to market. <laughs> yeah. I have, I, have, I have a saying, uh, people buy you before they buy your music. Mm. Um, if you meet me and you like me, it's one of the reasons why I don't just talk to people no, for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna meet you somewhere and you not know that I make music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're At some point in this conversation, you're gonna find out that I make music. Right. Um, but also, I'm gonna be my authentic self. This is where that authenticity comes mm-hmm. back around because if you like me for me being who I am and then you listen to my music and my music matches who you met, All right. now you have a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I think that from a marketing standpoint, my strategy has always been, I was one of those dudes that got caught up in that network marketing, multi-level marketing stuff. I worked, I did the World Ventures thing mm. a couple times, uh, Organo Go. I mean, <laughs> that, uh, look, I, I, I did a lot of fish. We all had a pass. We all had a pass. You know what I mean? <laughs> and also, also been in the streets, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like a lot of the stuff you learn hustling, Mm-hmm. Applies to business. Yep. You know what I mean? Show more people. That's one thing I learned about from World Ventures is SP, show more people. And that's where I kind of devised the same strategy where I met him at the liquor store with my CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, I stole a lot from studying gypsy behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, like when gypsies are in, used to be in the airports with the roses and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, one thing they always did is they always gave it to you first. Yep. And now it's in your hands. So yep. subconsciously, you feel like it's you yours. have to give them something because yep. you already received something. So mm-hmm. I studied a lot of the, that part of the psychology of human behavior too. I didn't have a degree in it, but mm. just being a hustler, just understanding how people work. Right. Um, but show more people, man. Like, I think that artists have to be for real about where they are in their careers and the type of budget that they have because mm-hmm. everybody wants to do Drake things. You got the Ferrari, Lamborghini. Yeah, oh, yeah they, everybody whatever. wants to, well, on a marketing level, everybody <laughs> yeah. wants to market the way that, uh, yeah. that 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 Webby and Bootsy can market, or, mm-hmm. or, or Juvenile, or just any artist, Cardi B, Lil Baby, but they have a whole different kind of budget. You don't have a budget. Most artists don't even have a budget. That's true. So if, you, if your budget is $200, you have to figure out what is the most effective way that you can use that $200. Mm-hmm. To me, the most effective way you can use $200 once you have a product just put some gas in your car and go talk to people. Mm. That's the most effective so way you can market. It's very interesting to say that because I, I did want to ask, so don't let me forget. I, I, I do want to talk about the how do you get the Atlanta venues because I know that you guys have done some um, Atlanta venues. But You've done it, your homework. You've done your homework. I'm, I'm impressed. What? 
You've done your I just can't be like, so, I mean, I know the answers to some questions, but I ask it because I always tell people I'm asking right for everyone listening. Right, right. I, know no, answers, I, like but, I like that. Um, so I want to talk about how you got, how you get the Atlanta um, venues. And then also in addition to that, about putting in and going and talking, um, I think another interesting thing is, and I, I've noticed this. So Buckhead, you're Buckinghead, Buckinghead, Alabama, or uh, Atlanta, you know, Buckhead, there's Buckhead. Bu- Buckhead. So I, I go to a conference there. I've gone for two years and sitting at that, um, ho- <laughs> hotel, uh-oh. Nothing. There's some stories. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Stories. I'm sitting at a hotel and or, or I was going in the elevator and the guy had municipal on his shirt, you know, municipal Mark Wahlberg's. And I was like, oh man, dude, I watched the documentary right about that. It's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, man, we're back. We're doing good. You should look us up. I'm like us. Like, I was like, huh. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, interesting, man. And then I'm like, God, do I remember that guy's face from the documentary? Well, later on I'm downstairs. This goes into the hustling. Well, I'm downstairs pretty early in the morning, you know, one of those late nights things. And we're talking, um, buddy and I are talking, there's this group next to us and they're talking that one of the, the gentlemen gets up, leaves, goes, you know, and then that whole group leaves. Well, we noticed this gentleman comes back, right? He's got his, a box right of, you know, adult beverage comes back down. And he's like, Hey, where did that group go? And I was like, Oh man, sorry. We don't know. We're not part of He's like, Oh, we're like, what do you have there? He's like, Oh, that's my tequila and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, like, and, and he's like, like, then he like, you know, turns on and we're like, you know, what, what do I mean? What kind is it? A Reposado? Is it Blanco? And he's like, oh, it's Fletcher Azul, blah, blah, blah. And he starts going to town about this. And he's like, you know, he starts giving a little bit of history and we're, and we're like, oh man, how did you like, you know, and he's like, no, this is my tequila. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, okay. Younger guy, younger guy. Right. Like, oh shit. Okay. That's really cool. And like, how did you get into that? Well, you know, I got somebody that supports me, but like he was really wanting me to go do this venture myself. We found this, um, distillery, if you will, or, you know, where they make tequila for sale we went down and visit Mexico. It's like authentic, like right. the little, the real deal. And he, you know, he tells us about the different ones he's coming out with, and they're just trying to get the bottle. And they're promoting in Atlanta. They're going mm-hmm. to different bars promoting this, and eventually he drops right name drop. He's like, "Yeah, no, I'm I'm the personal chef for Mark Wahlberg," and I was like, "What?" Like, and so he's showing me because he's like, "Oh, are you on Instagram?" I'm like, "Oh, bro, I'm not on Instagram." <laughs> uh-huh. Later on, I am. But funny enough, like now you can actually see that in our store. So he was yeah, in Florida yeah. doing it. I was trying to catch him. You know how it goes, right? You know, right. answers like after the fact. I'm like, come on, bro. Anyways, so like, you know, but that was really cool. He was, you know, he has the ability to have Mark Wahlberg out and there's videos right out in bars doing that promotion, but he felt the need to like do that himself at a hotel with like, you know, 10 or 15 people, which became two people. But like, I'll never forget that story that hit home, not because of like it was tied in, but like to watch that hustle, like, Hey man, oh yeah, man. So now when I, when I get a bottle, like there's this whole backstory and it breeds some, just like what you said earlier is if you meet me, there's this whole backstory. Now I can listen to this music exactly. and know you, right? Exactly. And where you came from. So I think that's a I think that's a lost art, man. I, mm-hmm. I really think the digital marketing now, like like you said, Meech, like that's a last that's a lost art. So right. have you ever found yourself going, and this is what I was getting back to, I was in that hotel sitting next to these people. I think one of them ended up being the more the CFO CEO of like municipal, I think. Don't quote me mm-hmm. on that. Right. But at the bar, have you found it? Like, hey, I would take that $200 and maybe go spend the night or two in a maybe high-end hotel to sort of rub elbows with people or maybe going to a another, um, like you said, uh, concert or venue and being able to be around other artists, you know what I mean, for the promotion's sake. Is that something that y'all do? Yeah, networking. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. But it, so this is the thing. Networking is free. Networking free. Outside of putting some gas in your car. Networking is free. I feel like you should always be putting yourself in position to meet people that, that in the industry, either that do what you do or do what you're trying to do. You should always be doing that. But when I was talking about the $200, how I would use it, I'm talking about when you already have a product. Mm-hmm. I think when we, when we talked about setting a goal and making those plans, okay, 
yeah, I can go here and meet these people, but why am I going there to meet these people? What's, what, what am I trying, what is this going to help me achieve? What is the next step after this? It's not about focusing on the next step. Is I'm taking this step to do what? I don't want to just go meet some people. I want to meet them. Why? Mm-hmm. Do I have an album coming out? Do I am, do I have a new video coming out? Am I trying to promote a merchandise line? Like, okay, yeah, I'm meeting these people, but why am I meeting these people? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's not about who you know. It's about who knows you and why. Mm-hmm. So they didn't know what you're trying to do. That way, and, and, and then that whole, I like you as a person, mm-hmm. or I like your product, because now I like you, and now I know you have this product. So when that opportunity comes up later on in another conversation, if they remember, oh, I remember Mish was trying to, let me call him real quick. Mm-hmm. That's the power of networking. To me, it's not about asking anybody for anything. Mm-hmm. It's about when that opportunity comes up, they know that you're the best person for that job. Because what I have learned through my experience with this industry and business in general is that people give opportunities to people they like before they give somebody an opportunity that's qualified. Mm. If you're equally qualified mm-hmm. or even a little bit less qualified, but they like you more, yep. Yep. they're going to work with you. Yep. yep. I, I, we've gotten so many phone calls from people that just met us. You're talking about the Atlanta shows. We do used to do we used to do show swaps with artists all the time. Like we'll bring us up to your venue, we'll bring you down to our venue. Oh, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? We go do a show in Mobile. We meet some artists out there, and they tell us, "Oh yeah, we're gonna be in Atlanta." Woo woo woo. Okay, well if you bring us up there for that, we'll bring you to Fort Walton Beach. You ever perform mm. Fort Walton Beach? We're on the beach. We got sands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like we cool. we have a built in marketing tool right yeah. here just because of the location. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I think it's about looking at where you actually are right. and and leveraging your assets. What makes you an asset in that network? Yeah. It's like not that. about asking people for stuff, even with the um, digital marketing. Yeah. Marketing. Everybody wants to try to sell stuff all the time, but they're mm-hmm. not adding any value to the space. Right. You're not adding mm-hmm. any value to the online community, but you're asking people to buy your stuff. I don't believe that the online uh, marketing is designed to make new fans unless you're already big. Mm-hmm. I believe that online marketing is designed to entertain and inform the fans you already, already have. have. Yeah. What you do in real life is how you gain new fans. Right. No, I mean that's that's some that's some deep stuff. I feel like I need to take yeah, no, but take even, a moment after yeah, that. Yeah, that's pretty that's some good even stuff. Even with right the there. podcast thing, man. It's a lot yeah. of podcasts we won't go on, a lot of podcasts we do. But we built a relationship before you even started this. That's true. And you was like, Hey bro, I'm doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. You wanna do it? I'm like, Yo, I mess with that. That's my homie. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I never met you before. Right. Yeah, that's true. And I hit him up, I was like, Yo, we got a podcast on the sixteenth. Put it on your calendar. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm putting it on my calendar. And I had to call him again, like, is it on your calendar? Yeah, you got to make sure it don't exist. <laughs> it don't Please it. put it, it on exist. the calendar. That's true. But, but, you know, and that's just where, like, even when we, how we got started with the IMDJ DZ project, that was our first, like, main project. That's what really put us on the map. I had this idea, like, every, we're going to be uniform. Like, a lot of groups don't wear the same thing. Mm. Like, we have jerseys with our names on them when we do shows because it sets a precedent. When you walk into a room and you see five, six guys with the same thing on, mm-hmm. You're going to be like, what do they do? Mm-hmm. What are they doing? I'm, somebody's going to go ask us. Some people might think we're a baseball team because we got baseball jerseys on. We've been asked that before. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it starts a conversation. Right. And if we move uniform, we look uniform. That's why you, that's how you identify the police because of what they have on. Yep. It might not even be a cop, but you think they're a cop because they got the uniform on. That's right. So if we're uniform, then we move uniform and we talk like this and we walk like this and we act like this, people are going to want to know who they are, yeah. especially if you're in rooms that you're not necessarily supposed to be in, quote unquote, mm. they can be like, how did they get here? Mm-hmm. And anytime we do shows, we go to venues, I'm like, we're like, hey, 
what jerseys are we wearing? We're wearing this. We're doing that because we're here to do a show, and you have to look the part mm-hmm. to be the part, and people yeah. are going to want to talk to you. It's that commitment to consistency. I mean, we didn't had some group members show up out of uniform, yeah. and they got, and they had to hear about it. Yeah. Like, this, you shouldn't be asking, are we wearing uniforms? You should only, The only question should be, which uniforms mm-hmm. are we wearing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that commitment to consistency. I think that people change their – they come up with a strategy, and then they keep changing it. You have to be committed – Make the plan and work the plan. You can adjust. Mm-hmm. You don't change the whole plan. You just make adjustments. If we say we're going to wear uniforms at every show, then you know we wear uniforms at every show. Every show. It's a, it might be a different uniform, yeah. but it's going to be a uniform. Right. Commitment to consistency. So so uh, with with the marketing and then getting into the other venues, um, out of curiosity, like depending on the size of the venue, of course, what what is like the cut that they get is it fifteen percent, twenty percent? What's the what's the average that you guys have seen about the venue? Like no no cuts at all. They don't. Take- Everyone is different. Every, yeah. Okay. Everyone is. There's different. not like an average like twenty percent across nope. the some, board type. Some deal? some venues they 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 let you keep your door um, and they keep their bar. Mm. Some of them make you charge uh, admission, mm. and you know what I'm saying some of them don't. They just give you a bar tab, and it's your job to sell some merch. Wow. Most of the most of the smaller venues they usually don't take from you now you mm-hmm. do have venues they'll charge you to just if we're the promoters of the show they'll charge us mm-hmm. for the room yeah and then it's our job to do everything else but they right. still keep their bar but most of i mean venues well at least not for us i'm not letting no venue take my door no we ain't doing we're not that. no nah, that's that's not a negotiate that's not a deal i would ever sign mm-hmm. you know what i mean no we we're we gonna do the work y'all ain't gotta worry about it we're gonna make sure your bar is full and y'all gonna make a lot of money that's right. our that's our gift to y'all i like that so what when did you find out, right? So you have the uniform side, and then of course, like a lot of people probably want to, you know, mimic that, if you will. But when did you find out that, like, hey, let's do some swag, if you will, like for you know to represent merch, the artist, yeah, yeah. Some mer- oh, merch, dang it, yeah, you merch. know, like to be there. I'm with you, I got you. <laughs> I know when I remember. <laughs> uh, you have to always have to remember. Nobody wants. This is crazy. It's a marketing thing too. Nobody wants to stand alone. Everybody wants to be a part of something. So if you're doing something. And it looks cool. People want to do that. So if you got cool merchandise, they're going to say, how can I get that? Or if they buy into you and they like you, like, hey, man, you got a shirt? Mm -hmm. Just so they can represent you. So we just started. We really started the jersey thing. How it happened is I got him a jersey for his birthday. And it said the strangers on it. And it had the four and oblique on the back. So he was the first person with a jersey because I just got him one for his birthday. And I was just like, he was like, man, we we need to get the whole group jerseys. Mm. Mm. I was like, oh yeah, that'd be dope. So then we ordered the, group, the whole group jerseys. Everybody got jerseys with their name on it. And then it started being a thing. That's how people knew us. We would go out of town and we'd have merch. Hey, the strangers are coming. They knew our colors. Our colors were black and yellow. It stood out and that's how it happened. But as far as doing, like, doing the merch thing, it's simple, man. People wear hats. People wear shirts. All right. People wear like stickers. You know what I'm saying? You just got to find what works for you mm-hmm. and put it out. Get a good product. Make sure you have a decent product. And people buy niche t-shirts all the time. That's true. It really don't even have to be that great of a product. Mm-hmm. It just has to be something that, that's tangible. People love tangible things. And in the digital age where nothing is tangible, mm-hmm. people like us, old school people, we love tangible stuff. Yeah. Uh, hey, I just, this was at the show, and it brings back memories. Like, man, remember we was at this show, and yep. and a fight broke out, and I found uh, this shirt on the floor, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, And also, that's how artists, underground artists make money. You make money off your merch, because- 
you might not be making that money getting brought somewhere and after gas and everything. And that's how right. you make your money. Have your so merch. Do up. you have someone, you know, cause I know, I think you said after the show, but do you have anybody during the show that's doing that? Like, do you take somebody with you or someone usually. volunteers or I mean, if it's local show, you usually will have just somebody that's a fan of ours that'll sit at the table or yeah. we'll sit there until it's time to go on stage. Um, one thing that we try to do is if we're not on stage and we're not working the room, we try to be by the merch table. Um, cause that's where they're looking for us anyway. Gotcha. Um, but I know we initially we started selling the DZ shirts. That was our first piece of merch. Yeah. It was our NBJ DZ shirts. Mm-hmm. And the point of it was obviously the branding of it, having that hashtag everywhere. But also we weren't getting paid for shows at first. No. Like oh. now we get paid to do shows because yeah. our, our brand is big enough. Yeah. We can we have that kind of leverage where we can be like, yeah, yeah we'll come, but you this is our this is our feet. Right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? But before when we first started, we nobody knew who we were. They might have knew us. Individually, so, but so Bleak, I just we want were. to touch on that because I find that that's really important. In fact, that's like through multiple industries. And if you've ever watched Shark Tank, which is one of my favorite shows, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't pay themselves the first, you know, five years. And I think there is a trend because my my mom, so my you may or may not know because you this is the first time, you know, but yeah. like my parents owned a bowling center, right? So I grew up around entrepreneurship, and they would take the profit and they built a miniature golf course next door, and then they would take the profit and built some batting cages next door to help, right? And they always put the money back in. reinvest. Right, instead of like taking that to themselves, right? So a lot of industries, they'll have people start up and it's it's really like you know as there's different methods but like the bootstrap method or or like you know friends and families angels investors or whatever and they don't pay themselves the first five years mm-hmm. so i think it's really important that you said right because again put in the work put in the hours mm-hmm. which includes hey i have to go do some shows for free at the at the beginning to get yeah. up, get our stuff yeah. out there and our name out there yeah because yeah, nobody's gonna pay you if they don't know you all right? right nobody's gonna, nobody's just gonna take it off your word hey we're really good nobody, mm-hmm. right no these these venues their job is to make money all right they don't care about your art. Most of these people that book you do not care about your art. Can you, can put, you put people in here? Yeah. And if you can't prove to me that you can put people in here, then you're going to have to. Most of the time, we were paying to get rooms right. to right. do our own shows. We never paid to play a show, but we would pay for the room. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we promote our own show. But the merch made, the merch was um, a, a vehicle for us to be able to generate some capital mm-hmm. so that we could reinvest in ourselves. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we never, we us on the leadership team, of Elevated Underground, we've never taken away the artist's choice. We always said, this is what we're getting paid, this is your cut, you can either leave it with us so we can reinvest, or you can have it. And for the most part, everybody's kept their money in the pot so we can keep. Oh, that's cool. So you you think about your talent as a car. If you're a super talented artist or group, you have a really nice car, but money is the gas. Mm. If you don't have a budget, if you don't have money, to invest into your career, you will have a really nice car sitting in the driveway. Yep. yep. <laughs> You're not going nowhere. Do you know, have you ever looked, you know, like Lamborghinis, Ferrari, do you know how much their maintenance costs a year? Mm-mm. It's ridiculous. I believe, I believe it's, it. It's like you could afford two houses right. just to afford the maintenance. And also like, I, because it's not normal, right? It's a sports car. It's not meant to just sit around and you have to drive it. And then if you do sit around, like these people have to come to your house. Hey, you know what's not around here? Lam- Lamborghini yeah. and Ferrari dealerships. That's a fact. So, like, I, you know, even looking at a norm, sorry, I'm, this is a far stretch of analogy, but yeah. even looking in the local area, you know, looking at certain brands, they don't have dealerships here. So, what happens? How do I get an oil change? I have to drive an hour and a half, two hours to a dealership. Right. I mean, that's absurd, right? So, I, anyways, the the point being is. I think there is something to be said about a balance and you know, if, if people do say, Hey, I want to do the flash and have the car cause I want to live the lifestyle. And it's like, you know, there's all those pro athletes, as you mentioned earlier that don't have, I think they're smarter now, but they didn't have accounts back in the day and now they're broke. Yeah, like they have yeah. no money. And you're like, you were making multi-million dollars a year 
And it's because they don't pay off a house. They do a lease or they just want this big fancy thing. And you're like, okay, do you know all the background and the insurance and the upkeep and the overhead and electric? And so, um, again, this is tying in. As far as like one of the things, because I think you mentioned, I think it was called MCI. Is that what you said earlier? Marathon Capital Investment. Yeah. So how how did y'all like, so with the exception of Swagger, because you have to build that and, and with the, the studio time and having the studio so how did that originate? I mean, I'm assuming was that sort of like out of the pocket from y'all from the yeah, so it's other a, jobs? so it's an investment group. So um it initially started with just an idea of okay, we want to make these larger investments, but if we put our money together, we can make a larger we can make more investments faster. Mm-hmm. Um so it's it just started as an investment group. So we pay dues. We still currently pay dues into this company every month. You know what I'm saying? And and that's how we grow it. Uh so a lot of the things we learn with MCI can be um, used in your personal portfolios, but one of our one of our pillars is education. So all the partners within MCI did not know how to invest in the stock market when they first started. But they had so the first year we were just teaching. Mm. You know the 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 five of us that really knew a lot about the market. We were just teaching our other partners, mm-hmm. and that's just how it's grown. So now we're getting into venture capitalism, things like that. We're we're expanding it into what we what the bigger goal was mm-hmm. but it all started with the stock market stock market education do you think yet yeah, you know what is it shout out Deutsche clean back in the day anyways have, have y'all watched the gamestop netflix that i've heard about i have not actually watched it's it. amazing if you get oh, i was gonna say if you I'll get a chance it. i think you'd like it oblique yeah. so um with, with that being said with the with the initial investment side and and getting into that um do you foresee yourselves ever going okay we've reached the point where we don't have to do this other you know eight hour job is that because you said you have goals is that one of those goals and you're building those milestones to get there or do you say hey listen i think for the next five to ten years the plan would be hey i am going to have my eight hour you know gig or whatever it is and then continue to invest to to support the um entertainment side I'll let you go first and I'll answer. My goal is, uh, since I was 16 years old, my goal has been to retire at 45. Mm. And when I say retire, for me, retirement means something very specific to me, where the things that I've invested in pay me enough to sustain my lifestyle, Mm. where I don't have to go punch anybody else's clock. Mm. I can be completely independent in how I make my money and how, you know what I'm saying? Right. So by 45, I don't want to be punching anybody's clock. If I can do it faster than that, that'd be even better, but you got to set a goal. Right, right. Metric, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, I actually really enjoy what I, my my regular job, I really enjoy what I do, so it's not a burden on me, Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not staying there forever. Right. You know what I mean? So even with that, I take care of my kids, but most of the money that I make, man, I just invest in what we're trying to do. Mm. You know, it's just that simple. I believe every dollar should have a job. I like it. And with me, I'm just I, I make I make good money <laughs> where I work, uh, and I'm I'm one of those people. I believe like if you can have different forms of revenue income, mm-hmm. you should do it. And as long as my body holds up, I mean, I'm not going to do it forever, of course. I mean, if we make it to where, like you say, uh, I can have all the amenities I like without working my regular nine to five mm-hmm. job, then of course I'll be a fool not to. But as long as I can do that and still dedicate myself to what we have going on, why not, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I really my 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 daughter's off in college, so I really don't, you know what I'm saying, have too much besides the business that we have and mm-hmm. and when that becomes too much, I'm definitely going to go towards my businesses, you know what I mean? But right. I love the people I work with, I love the people I get to meet and mm-hmm. where I work at is a tool and an avenue to get people to right. what I do on the side. So as long as I can do both of those and 
balance it out, I'm gonna do it for, you know, and make the money. Like, why give up the money, you know? Sure. I mean? He said something real powerful right there. Like, it is a avenue to even connect with more people that they, so they can support this business. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the things that, if, if I couldn't stress anything more to artists listening to this podcast right now, man, stop talking to people for no reason. Every time you, I don't care what you do, what, what your art is, if you're a painter, if you're a singer, if you're a dancer, if you make content, <clears throat> stop meeting people and not letting them at some point know what you do. There are mm -hmm. digital business cards. At this point now, you can just tap a card on somebody's phone, it will mm -hmm. give them access to everything that you do. If you have an awesome conversation with somebody at a bar, before y'all disperse, share your information. Make sure that they're just looking at what you do. That's how you grow. Stop being afraid. Because <laughs> yep. a lot of it's fear, man. People don't. Yep. People are afraid of rejection. But you got to get to a place. Mindset is everything. I mean, Mindset I, is. Everything. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. But I grab people's phone and be like, "Oh, subscribe." And like, yeah, <laughs> oh, you want to? You want to know? Yeah. I'll type it up. And hit, boop, you know, yep. like especially if you understand how social media algorithms work. Mm. You know, so one of the, one of the things that I do, a little free game. You know, we don't give a lot of free yeah, game, yeah. but get them a little thing. free game. Yeah. What, what 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 he said is take the phone from them. When I ask people if they have Facebook. I tell them to pull the Facebook up on their phone, and then I take their phone from them, yep. and I go to our pages. I don't just hit the like button, but because on Facebook you don't see, you see less than two percent of something a page right. posts. Yeah. Right. So what I do is I like the page, and then I'll hit the button again, and it opens up that drop down, and mm. I hit favorites, mm. and that ensures that everything that I post, they're going to see. Mm. And that's I physically do it myself because if I tell them, hey, make sure you make it a favorite, they're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. Message. <laughs> You can't, and you telling me you can't spend 15. I love that movie. <laughs> I know that movie. Message. Yep. You can't spend 15, 20 extra seconds just to make sure that they're seeing your stuff. How bad remember, do you want it? I remember you are your biggest marketing tool. Yep. You are, when you're talking to somebody, it's, it's, in, it's important that you tell them what you do. Yeah. Because somebody's going to be like, hey, man, you know a mechanic? Ah, oh, my homeboy Brian, he a mechanic. Yep. I'll give you his information. Like, you are your biggest marketing tool. You, yeah, yeah. Personal, Ooh. personal branding. You mentioned that earlier is a big deal. So before the beard got a little too long, I used to wear a bow tie, right? And so oh, I did yeah. a lot of like public speaking, yeah. and everyone would be like, "Oh, the guy with the bow tie." Like that's that was a personal branding, just sort of like you guys, right, with the jerseys, yeah. right? There's a personal branding, or I guess that's more of a group branding, but it's a product yeah. brand, if you will, at mm -hmm. that point, right? Which I think is very important. Um, and it's also interesting because you never know, like you said, like who you're going to talk to and do it with. I, we say like do stuff with intent, right? Like, yeah. you know, when you're talking to somebody, have have an intent, live life with intent, intention, you know, do that stuff. So I think that's imperative. You never know when it's going to, you're going to talk to somebody and, and the next thing you know, boom, hey, I'm a label owner and blah, 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 yeah. right? Like you, you never really know. And like what you said also, Meech, earlier is, hey, treat people like respectfully. Again, you never know, right? Never you know. could burn some bridges and and not even know because you're just being something you're not, yeah. not your authentic self and yeah. trying to be hard or whatever. Something and, my dad used to say all the time. He's, he used to say, be careful the feet you step on on the way up because oh. they might be connected to the ass you got to kiss on the way down. Oh, wow. Mm, deep. Wow. He told me that since I was a little young man. Mm. He said, son, always remember, be careful the feet you step on on the way up because they might be connected to the ass you mm. got to kiss on the way down. Yeah, man. So. That, that is, uh, again, man, you got to drop in some nuggets. This is, this is great. Bars. That's what it's all about. Bars. <laughs> Real rap, bro. <laughs> I do love that. Um, so I just want to go back here. The, the, one of the things I do want to talk about is, um, so two things. So one, like you have multiple artists. So they're not all local, right? 
I know you said one move to Texas. I don't know if he still comes and participates in some of the shows, but how, how do y'all stay connected even though people are disparate? Because even in business, that's hard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our, our favorite, right? Yeah. They, they have a food truck. So no, yes. they're not always connected to the restaurant right where mm-hmm. they're at and they have to go out and they're doing separate marketing and all that stuff. So how is like artists and an artist group, artist group of artists, I guess I should say, um, how do y'all stay connected? How, how does that communication and that, that emotion and that bond stay like with people not being in the local area? Honestly, I think is in the way that we vet the artists that we pick up. Um, even the name of our album, The Strangers Albums, Brotherhood Built This. Like we built built a bond for years before we decided to do something together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Either, you know, two degrees of separation, three degrees of separation, but even the newer artists like that we've signed, they were with us for two years before we signed them. Yeah. Coming to shows, we were putting them on shows, seeing, seeing how they move in the room, coming to the studio, just being around us as a, a real person. Mm-hmm. Because I don't care how talented you are if I don't like you. I don't, That's a fact. I don't care. You don't have to always like somebody to do business with them, but if I'm going to actually put my stamp on you, I right. want to make sure that I can vouch for your character and you know what I'm saying, right. and your integrity. Like, who are you as a person? Yeah. I don't care who, who you are as an artist first. I care mm-hmm. about who you are as a person. You're already in this room because you're talented. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. are you a piece of shit? You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm just... It's funny you say that, right? So business, right? If you study global business, um, there's certain cultures that that's imperative, right? So one of them being like the Asian culture, everyone laughs or whatever. You'll watch a movie, right? You know, I love, yeah. love other cultures. Anyways, but they'll go do karaoke. They'll go to a boardroom. They may have like five, 10, 15 minutes. And they're like, okay, it's time to get some sake and go right. to, to karaoke because same boat. They will not do business with people that they can't get along with, right? Or respect each other, right? From, from that instance. And maybe you don't have to respect each other like down deep, right? right. Like, you know, hey, we're, we're going to have this under the stars kind of conversation. But it's there's a certain level, especially, right? You're traveling together. You're doing all these things together. Yeah. You're in the, the room. What would you say? Like eight at night till seven in the morning, five yeah. in the morning, right? I mean, you're together a long time. If you don't get along, that, that's just not going to be you're, you're not gonna, sustainable. And you're going to hear it in the product, right? Yeah. You're going to hear it talent again. But, but that's that that unity that, that. And with us, too, we're around each other's kids, too. Like, mm. this is my niece. Like, when she came in, I introduced her as my niece. Mm. That's my niece, for real. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, we talk on Instagram sometimes. You know what I'm saying? That, like, that's my niece. That's mm. his daughter. We're not related by blood, but that's my niece. If right. he's not around, I'm going to make sure she's okay. And any other of our other you know, homies that got kids. Like, mm-hmm. so it's deeper than that at the end of the day. The business is the business. That's cool. But when you're on the road with somebody, you got to trust them. If something happens, he, I have to be able to be like, hey, bro, we got to get out of here. And yeah. he has to trust me to know it's time to get out of here or right. vice versa, you know? And like you say, once you get up to the upper echelons of business, you know, people do business with people they like. Right. All that, oh, um, he's got he's got an asset I can use. Well, this dude, this guy do too, and I like him more. Yep. No, so I'll spend true. an extra dollar to go do a business with him instead of you. 100%. Having your team, and you gotta have a team. You gotta have a team. Because as he says, we, as you move up, you can't trust none of them. Yeah. I need to be able to trust this dude to the left and the right of mm-hmm. me. I gotta be able to trust y'all without question. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so it, you don't you don't just get to be a part of what we built. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We've had artists come, hey man, y'all looking for new artists, man, I'm trying to get on with the, with the woo. And, I, and he knows, I'll tell him straight to their face, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. I'll tell him straight to their face. It's like, I'll, you can get some studio time, Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I'd love to work with you. But in terms of us signing you to Elevated Underground, that's not how it works. Mm. Is there a potential? This is really funny because when I spoke with the uh, tattoo artist, they don't do like apprenticeship anymore. Like mm-hmm. we talked about the whole like back in the day. I don't know if you've watched any of the tattoo shows or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was very much like 
it has to do with like ambition. Cause I said, Hey, would you ever do it? She owns uh, mercy tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, would you ever do it again? And you know, she's like, you know, eh. and then I was like, what if they're like there all the time? They're st- like, they're like literally, you know, and she's like, maybe I'd take into consideration. So for y'all for like, is there a potential if new artists do want to get involved with your, with your group? Is there a potential, but again, not just coming in, like it, it's sort of like the micro, the, the motorcycle gangs, right? Be, be a hang around, right? Mm-hmm. Like hang around, yeah. sort of prove yourself out. Is that still something possible or are y'all pretty much just, you know, close the doors on that? Oh, of, of adding new artists. Yeah. To be honest with you, I think we're pretty much set. Mm-hmm. The, the team and the roster is set. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always willing to collab with people. Mm-hmm. We just don't collab with everybody. Right. You know, anybody can be, we can collab with anybody. We just don't collab with everybody. I want y'all to hear that very closely. <laughs> um, but as far as Elevated Underground as a unit, as a team, I, I'm i pretty sure we have all the pieces we need. Mm-hmm. You know, we may be uh, managed artists maybe down the line, but, you know, all together is like 10 of us mm-hmm. on the label. And what people have to understand, to be an artist and have somebody else's career in your hand is tough. Right. So we don't want to, give anybody else new coming in because then you have to focus on them right. when you have these people that's been riding for you for this long and I, I'm just not willing to do that. You know what I'm saying? And, and like oh, I yeah, said, we're, man. we're a brotherhood. Man. Yeah, we're a brotherhood yeah. too. And you don't want to spread yourself thin. Like, you know, we're a brotherhood too. Like, it took a while to get here. Right. You know, so, and, and also, just because you're talented and you may fit the mold, you might not fit the mix. Um, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it might the recipe might add for salt, but you might not like salt like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the dynamic we have is great. We've been through a lot together, right? So that what makes the bond strong. And so to yep. bring anybody else in new, I don't think it will be feasible. Yep. But we're definitely willing to work with anybody who's willing to work with us. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 always willing to help somebody progress themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have to pay for that though. You gotta pay. Right. I mean, we when we have done free stuff for people. We've been at, yeah. sh- at at events and and come across artists that we just really like, either like sure. their energy or like what they had the potential to do. And yeah. we literally been like, "Hey, man, come get in the studio with us. Let's work on something." Mm. You know what I mean? So, but that's yeah. you know what I mean. We have our own studio. We can do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. but it but in terms, like you said, in terms of signing new artists, we just don't have the bandwidth for that, man. Like we've got our team. We it's it was years, damn near a decade of putting this team mm. together. So yeah. right now we're. Uh, there's a saying, expand your band outside of musicians. So right now, anybody wants to be involved with us gonna have to know how to do something. Right, well, yeah. Not Besides, make music, well, I don't need nobody to make yeah. music. I already know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need somebody, that, I need marketers, I need videographers, yeah. I need yeah. photographers, I need those type of people, yeah. lawyers, things like that. I need sure. those type of people. That's the, the new, <laughs> new members of the band that we need, need yeah. now need to know how to do those things. Gotcha, yeah, the, the group. Yeah, because yeah. that takes stuff off, off off our play. I shouldn't have to keep doing all this paperwork. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it just is what it is. Because people don't understand what it takes to release music correctly. Yeah, they think you just make a song and put it on YouTube or, mm-hmm. or pay distro and it's out there. Well, if you want to get paid for your music, you gonna need to get your sound scans correct. You right. know what I'm saying? Your metadata has to be correct. You mm-hmm. got to make sure your samples are cleared. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot. You got to make sure that the beat you have you can legally use. Yeah. Yeah, Most people don't even own their music. Yeah, that's fantastic, right? So, you know, one of the questions, so I do want to touch just real quick on, on COVID because I know that you said something. I always like asking people that have gone through COVID, like how did you recover from that, which you Ooh-hoo. said a little bit. But um, so with with music, right, because um, uh, there's like copywriting and intellectual property, right? And so business is very interesting. When you have that, like you were talking about the music scan and stuff, 
how how do you ensure right that, that you guys have is again this is the this is terrible of me and I will I will make a bad grade in the next course but anyways the, if I'm not mistaken copywriting is for music is that correct mm-hmm. yes. yes you have to copyright music copywriting yes. right yes. okay cool because intellectual property is more like yeah you know got it so so as far as the copywriting side that's a whole legal side you have to do too right to mm-hmm. go through that avenue right. which is another piece of investment because that's not free to do as well right well luckily the way that the landscape is now um, with a lot of these digital distribution distributors mm-hmm. um whenever you publish your music to these digital distributors it comes with a copyright yeah. they copyright oh, it really? they do it, yeah. so they cut a lot of that stuff out that yeah. you have to do um but you can also go do it yourself you know what i mean uh the biggest thing another uh piece of free game register your song as a songwriter not yes. a, and as a performance mm. so if you register as a performance as the songwriter and a performance when a DJ plays your song, people don't know this. When a DJ plays your song, it's considered to be a performance, whether you're there or not. Because the real DJs have to pay for the stuff that they put. Right. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? Yep. So if a DJ plays your song, I got my first royalty check a long time ago. My first royalty check came from Italy. I've never been to Italy. Because wow. the DJ was playing my music. Wow. That's pretty cool. And, th- and that's why you register as a performance. Because... Anytime your music is played, whether you're actually on stage rapping or someone yeah. else is playing it, it's a performance. Oh, great. Yeah, that is huge. I had no idea about that. That's really good insight. Yeah. For sure. So so I do, like I said, I want to touch base. So how how did, right? I mean, because even your your day jobs, right? It was, yeah. it was difficult times during COVID. How did y'all, how did y'all make it through that, man? Ooh, wee. <laughs> oh, I, go ahead. Co- I know how I've been. Uh, COVID was, di- uh, it was a different time. Um, music wise, everything was at a standstill. But in that time, we dropped like a critically acclaimed album too, Hoodie Season, from uh for the other guys in the group. So, quiet as kept. I've been ready to retire from music for a long time, like as being an artist. But we always seem to come back, and I always seem to. I've been retiring what since the first album, I think, and we put out like I don't know how many. Um, but Hoodie Season was my ode to music, my way out. But we had uh, these guys we had just signed. We had just signed them as a collective all of together, and we were trying to figure out how to put them out. And this was during the pandemic, so we was in the studio a lot, mm. just figuring out what we was going to do. You know what I mean? His job never closed down, so he stayed flourishing, and you know what I'm saying? Uh, we was figuring stuff out, and then the comedy thing came, of course. But I was like, we were sitting in the studio, and he was like, he was like, man, we might well drop your your solo album. Let's just go ahead and drop it. And I was like, and keep in mind, we had this big tour that we had lined up, and right. it got canceled. Right. So we lost thousands and thousands of oh. dollars on this tour. So he like, man, we might well drop your solo album. This be your, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, let's just drop it. So we, so me and him were in the studio recording songs we already had, new songs, and then I was just like, hey, <coughs> let's just take some verses off of this and just make it a hoodie season album. So we put the new guys on it. That's why I'm on, like any, any of our fans that know about Hoodie Season, the reason I'm on almost all the songs is because Hoodie Season was supposed to be my yeah. solo album. Mm. But I was just like, yo, we gotta promote these guys. And he was like, you're right. You know what I'm saying? How are we gonna promote these guys? And I was like, let's just make this album Hoodie Season. And you know, we reached out to some people, the Daily News, which, which we have a good relationship with. They did a spread on us and that's the birth of Hoodie Season. Wow. So during the pandemic, that helped birth these new artists that we had. And it was just pretty much us not be, being unselfish and saying, okay, let's not work on a solo album. Let's just put these guys on. And so we took off verses, mixed it around. He did his thing and that's how hoodie season came. So the pandemic really like 
boosted us up, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I I I, I, I tell, tell people all the time, man, I made more money in 2020 than ever. <laughs> uh, uh, partly because there's so many rappers. There's so many rappers in the in the world, in in Florida, in Okaloosa County, in you know what I'm saying, right. in the southeast, in the nation, and everybody was stuck at home. Mm. So a lot of these artists have home setups, but they don't know how to mix. So I was literally just selling my mixing service did oh, online. Wow. Yeah. I was like, yo, record your song, send me your stuff, $150, I'll, I'll get you together. Whoop, yeah. whoop. So I'm already stuck in the studio anyway. Right. Yeah. And like I said, my job never closed down because um, I was an, we're considered to be essential workers because yeah. it's food. Um, so I would go there and make that little bread. And we're making more money there because people can't go right. to the grocery store for yeah. real, for real. Like, um, So we're making money hand over foot there. Then I'm getting off. I get off, I check my email, I got 10 jobs on wow. the email. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 2020 was lucrative to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some some are like that, right? It depends on the industry you're in and, and like yeah. you said, the skill sets you have. Like right. some, you know, prospered yeah. and some unfortunately were. I know I was stressing, but I was like, boy, I'm finna get this ski mask. We finna time to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> we finna, hey, man, I got overhead. But it worked out, you know, at the end of the day. And then our job, my job opened up, you know, and then. It was just a blessing. Like towards the end, we got promotion and stuff started moving. But I'm still kicking myself in the butt about that tour. That tour was going to be an yeah, that amazing. One mm. I think we were all we were all a little depressed. I think yeah. it took the because it took us a little minute because we just got back moving as the strangers in terms of like full force, really mm -hmm. getting back on promoting our last show. We just promoted at standing room only, mm -hmm. and it was packed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, but when that tour got canceled, man, it took the. It kind of took the wind out the sails yes, for us because yeah. we had worked yes. so hard to get to that point, and we had the thirteen cities. We had our dates. We had everybody yeah. had their time off from work. Yeah. We knew how we were going to play. You know, because some of us going to have to come back to Fort Walton in right. between the weekends. Right. Some people just had to go to work. Yeah. Me being one of those people, mm -hmm. but we were going to come in, work three days, and then hit the road again. Like that's what we were going to do. We had it all planned out, and we had the money. The money was already there. The money was there. We just had to. All we had to do was go perform. <laughs> yeah. The money was there. And we were so excited because this was our first like national tour. Like we, we were teaming up with other artists. It was gonna be in each region. We had artists that we were working you know, with. I hate to talk about the what ifs, but that tour would have probably took us out of here. Mm. But you know, it wasn't in the plans. It wasn't. Yep. In, you know, reasons. There's a reason behind yeah. everything, right? Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't. And it wasn't like it wasn't like something that we did wrong. Right. Right. Just one day, everything was shut down. Yep. And a lot. And it was crazy. Is even after everything started opening back up. We couldn't rebook the tour because a lot of the venues that we had for the tour didn't exist anymore. Yes. Oh man! Yeah, man, it was, it was. It crazy. hurt, man. I think we all were a little bit depressed for a little bit. Speaking <laughs> of a story, I remember being in the studio. He cool as a fan. I'm like, man, I'm tired of this. Oh, dude, you, you act like you come with. We ain't got it no more. I'm just ready to quit. And I was just like. Man, just take a deep breath, bro. Like, fun, fun, fun fact, I practice Buddhism, so I'm very I like, I'm in you. the studio losing my mind. I'm like, they done canceled the tour. Oh, what we are we going to go rob somebody? And he was just like, yo, it's going to work out. You know what I mean? And then once I calmed down, we came up with a, with a plan and it was like, look, let's just do it like this. And then stuff started opening up, mm -hmm. you know, and then we were able to. I think the, the most beautiful thing that. And I call it collateral beauty because a lot of times when something's bad, all you can see is just what's in front of you. You can't see any further. You can, it's like walking in the woods with fog. You can't see what's behind beyond that fog. Right. With him 
that that kind of became the thing that opened that comedy door up. It did. And I remember us having that conversation when he was talking about how he didn't want to do comedy because they didn't want people thinking about him as a comedian, whoop, whoop, whoop. And I was mm-hmm. like, dog, like, you going to sit here and tell me what God got for you? Mm-hmm. You going to sit here and tell God, is this your plan or his? Because last time I checked, you're incredible at what you do. Right. Do you love being on that stage? Do you love comedy? Yeah, I do. I said, so why would you not do something you love because you don't want somebody to think of you as a comedian over a rapper? I said, but you're incredible at it. Right. But that transition of not being able to do the tour, the pandemic, <clears throat> and then these comedy opportunities start presenting themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, collateral beauty, dog. Because if you hadn't if you had to quit that day, yeah. we would have never seen you at the Palms. Mm, if you had to sure. quit that day, we would have never seen you at Vibe yeah. where you destroyed that Valentine's Day. Uh, was it a Valentine's Day event? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Bro, he had a, it's very rare to have a perfect set. As a rapper, as a singer, as an actor, that's the only time ever in my life that he was perfect. Wow. And he was perfect. And I had to tell him that too. He was perfect. Like I'm talking about mic drop perfect. Wow. Yeah. And I, and I remember booking it. Oh, it was. I'm sorry. It was April Fool's. It was April Fool's. Okay. It was April 1st. Uh, 2022, I want to say. Um, so when we came, the promoter came to them at the Vibe nightclub, which was at the time the biggest nightclub in Fort Walton. They were like, we need to get a headliner, a big name headliner. That's the only way it's going to work. So that didn't work out. And then, you know, I'm doing my thing. And they were like, okay. The promoter comes back between talking to me and oh, they like, hey, we're going to get Meech to do it. Meech is going to be the headliner. So my poster's all up in this club. And everybody's like, oh, you know, some people know me, some people don't. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and I'll, before my shows and everything, like the week before, I'm always with him. Like I'm in the studio with him and I'm just talking. I don't really tell him my material, but we just talk. You know right. what I mean? And he's like, you feel heavy, don't you? And I was like, yeah, I'm heavy, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. And he was like, you got it, man. You know what I'm saying? Just do your thing. You like? He was like, you know, I'm going to be there to support you. And it's a packed house and, you know, the other artists go up and I'm headlining. And I come out and I do my thing. And the crowd just is going crazy, like every, and it's talking about standing ovation. Yeah, wow, like two hundred some people, like going crazy in this in this spot. And he comes to me, man. He find as soon as I get off, I always go to him when I, you know, what I'm saying I get off stage, and he was like, "Ain't you glad you didn't quit?" <laughs> he was like, "I seen you great <laughs> a lot of times." He was like, but and I ain't gonna tell nobody perfect. what he making the show, but he wouldn't be making what he making the show if he had to quit. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, and it's a money. Yeah. And he was like, man, I seen you great a lot of times. He was like, but you was perfect tonight. Wow. He was like, ain't you glad you didn't quit? Because he's always gonna tell me at the end of a show, yep. hey, that's joke. Don't do that. Yep. Don't. I was proud, man. Yeah, I was show. proud, bro. That's so cool, man. That's my brother for real, man. Yeah, that is so cool to have that bond. Well, well, I'm glad, man. I'm glad that that, that worked out for y'all. And and again. So, so, you know, some of the biggest questions are like, <clears throat> I think you said maybe not, but do y'all foresee yourselves putting out another album? Oh, yeah. We have to. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're working on one right now. It's like, you know, secrets out. <laughs> nah, we are. We are. Yeah. We're going to put yeah, out. We're another. actively working on it. Yeah. Good, man. Yeah. Good. You don't have an estimated time? That's not that? how we do it. Got it. When it's right, it's right. Yeah. So the thing, and everybody shouldn't do it this way, mm-hmm. it works for us. Mm-hmm. I'm a strong believer in make the product then figure out the rest. Gotcha. Make the product. Because I don't want to put a, a deadline on it mm-hmm. and you start rushing the process. Right. Yeah. We're not rushing it. We're going to make you. it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's good. I mean, you know, it's funny. So when I first started this, so my my cousin, he also marketing and all that stuff. I mean, again, he was a manager, so he he understands that. 
And I was like, yeah, man, I want to do this. And, and also watching like, um, by the way, the YouTube formula is really good. It talks about the algorithms. It's a book I was listening to. Uh, and like, if you watch Mr. <laughs> Beast and stuff and like everyone, you know, like if you look at all the very successful people that are out there from the digital side, um, they did like 200 videos, you know, one, a couple of people are like, it was two years before I got my first penny, like my yeah. first penny. And, and my cousin was like, dude, you just got to do content, like just do it. Right. Do it, and so if, if you know, right. So my it's pave, but it's people add value experience. And the whole reason I did this was it's not really, it is for me, but it's from the branding perspective, but it's really because there's so many, as you have dropped a lot of, right. You know, lessons learned nuggets, all that stuff. There's so much that you can share value with others. Right. Not, not a business differentiator that is like your key that now like you've, you've given them mm -hmm. the, the golden goose and now they can go on and, and take it and you're never going to be the same. Right. But there's a lot between competition and collaboration and you can really grow. And so that's why I always appreciate like, I'm like, okay, man, I'll just start doing it. Right. And I'll get more refined and believe it or not, my, my mom listens to these. And so yeah. like, I have the opportunity to get that real feedback, like, right. The real feedback, I'm right. um, like, ah, you know, not so great or great or whatever. And, and, and that's, that's a nice thing. But again, really it's, it's really to be able to share, you know, all of these things that, that awesome people like yourself have to, to give out in the world and provide and hopefully, right. A little bit of marketing and promotion. You can, right. you know, link this right. at some point and maybe that helps you guys. I mean, that's the whole deal, right? It's yeah, like, yeah. again, it's really yeah, for y'all. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I let you in on a little secret too. So Destin is probably our most viewed song. Collab collaborative put together. It's probably got like 250,000 views on all platforms, all everything put together, like 60,000 or something on YouTube. The second one, cause the first one had like crazy amount. We never performed that song ever. And that's our biggest song to date, like as far as views wise, putting us out there to see people. That song was meant to do what it was meant to do, mm -hmm. but it, it didn't define us as a group. So anybody out there that's trying to do stuff, just do it. Mm -hmm. You may have two views today, right? and tomorrow you may have 20,000. You never know. And it's gonna get somebody to come back to watch that one you had too. So just keep, for you, advice to you, just keep making content, bro. Sure. Keep doing what you love. Keep the people on here that you're interested in, mm -hmm. and it's gonna resonate. And one day we gonna be like, hey man, let's get on the podcast. You like, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm busy. I can't get you today. Set a standard for what you're trying to do, but don't overthink it. Put that stuff out there, man. Because, yeah. I mean, a lot of times as artists, because we're sensitive about our stuff. Like, believe it or not, usually the song you like the most ain't the song people want to hear. That's you know what I'm saying? You should put it out there, but mm -hmm. usually when we drop albums, the songs that people tell me they love the most are usually mm -hmm. the songs I don't like the most. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've heard that before. Believe it or not, I've actually heard that like quite a few times. Um, so with that being said, so the, the album coming at some point, uh, thank you guys for letting us know that is what about a tour? You know, is there, is there some re-envision with some different venues now? Cause the other venues don't exist to actually go out. Um, and maybe that's like after the fact, right. With the new album. So you have that new material and then some of the old material, or is that just like, Hey, that's so far out. We're not even envisioning that at this time. Me personally, everything's on the table. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, right now, I, I think the I think I can speak for the collective unit. Right now, we want to give them another album because the fans deserve another album. From yep. Us. You know, what I mean, they've been rocking. We we have literally been killing shows for years off the same album. Mm. People love it that much, and they love us that much. But one thing that we hear every time is when y'all drop a new album. Mm. Now we drop singles all the time, mm -hmm. but I think that the people that have got us this far and have supported us thus far, they deserve something new from yeah. us. And yeah. We and we're older now. We've lived. So much life since Brotherhood Built This came out. Right. Since the IMBJDZ project came out. Even since Hoodie Season came out. We've right. life is different. We've mm -hmm. experienced different things. We have a whole different um 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 chest of 
content to pull sure. from, experiences to pull yeah. from. So um, I think that they need to hear who we are now. No, I, that completely makes sense. Yeah, man, it's, I, I hate, this is I like a horrible it. analogy, but like, you know, Adele, right? Adele drops yeah. like, and she did like the 21, 20, like Adele. with her age. Dude, sometimes Love it's it. funny. You can get really angry and listen to hard music or you can get listen, get angry and listen to Adele. I don't know. Sometimes I do that. Blast some Adele. But it's it's interesting. Her experiences as she's grown, and, okay, and this is even a farther stretch, Taylor Swift, like her her lessons. I mean, listen, man, dude, songwriting, <laughs> dude, I, I'm just trying to say, again, she's target her audience. She she's found her it. audience. She's got a niche, man. I mean. I like Taylor Swift. I'm not a Swifty, but I like Taylor Swift. I, she's got a niche, man. She's definitely doing her thing, man. Th- there's like this thing in the songwriting. Lady Lady Gaga. I love Adele more, though. No, no. I mean, hey, listen, I, I love yeah, some, <laughs> some Adele. Um so, so we're getting closer to the end here, guys. So I want to I want to wrap it up, but uh, I wanted to give y'all the opportunity um, before I ask what I call the special questions to y'all, mm-hmm. respectively. But um, from a lessons learned from a personal professional, if you're able to, sometimes that's hard to delineate. But is there anything that you've learned in your life personally, and then separate professionally that has stuck with you? Sort of a motto. Like you guys have dropped a lot of them as as we've uh, had the conversation. But anything you go back to, right? Because sometimes it happens contextually. It'll be like, hey, this is happening. And I always go back to this. You know, like you said, my dad said this about stepping on toes and kissing the butt on the way back or whatever. Our way down, sorry. Yeah. Um, but is there anything like that's sort of like your your mantra that you, you know, like you wake up and you're like, live and breathe and boom, this is it. You know, from a personal uh, standpoint and professional. Uh, both um, for me is your team is not always the your business team. Having a great team means like the family, the significant other, your brothers, your friend, your business partner. That to me is something I, I carry with me all the time, every day. It's something you say was on Forrest Gump. You lay with your back against my back, that way we ain't gotta sleep with our face in the mud. Mm. Having some having a good support system in your all around everyday life will make you successful in your business life. Because if it's BS, in your outside world, you're going to bring that BS to your business. If it's BS in your business, you're going to bring that BS to your outside world. Mm. You have to make sure everybody on your team has a job and they know it. Whether it's your wife, your girlfriend, your kids, everybody needs to know that they have a job to do and they are important in every role they do because without them, you can't do what you need to do. And that's something I take with me every day. That was really good. Fantastic. Thank you. What do you have, Malik? Um, I would say... Always use your magic ingredients. Learn from my grandfather. The magic ingredient in life is action. Anything you want to do requires you to take action. Within doing, within taking that action, don't be afraid to be bad at something. Um, and I think the the other part of that that applies to both would be stop being the smartest one in the room. You got to surround yourself with people that know how to do things you don't know how to do, and you have to be okay with being bad at stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you're not, if you think you know everything or want to be the person that knows everything, you can't grow. You're going to be right where you are. Mm-hmm. You have to get around people that have achieved what you're trying to achieve, people that know more than you know, that can help you process and work through these things you're trying to figure out. So, yeah, use your magic ingredient, which is action, and don't be afraid to be bad. That's good. That's <laughs> I think it's solid. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm always a fan of surrounding myself with smarter people. Like, I... It, it, it is, um, <clears throat> there's a really interesting book, uh, Thinking Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, and she <laughs> talks about the growth mindset um, and fixed mindset. And like to have the growth mindset, you do have to force yourself, like you, even if you th- if you think or have that, you know, intrinsic, you know, view of yourself of being smart, it's 
it's always best if you too, if you do truly want to, to grow as a person, whether that's, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, like you got to be around people that are in that next level. That's, that's huge, man. That's a big deal. And like sharpening your sword, right? Like you said, like, you know, to continue to get to sharpen that sword. If not, at some point it's going to get dull and rusty, man. Right. got to keep out there keep those skills. So, okay. We're at the special question part. You guys ready? Okay. <clears throat> you listen to us, so you may or may not know. You haven't, so it's going to be fun. Um, so I'll ask you first, Meech. Okay. Um, in your lifetime, okay. how many beds have you slept in? <laughs> I went somewhere else with that question. Uh, in my lifetime, how many beds have I slept in? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say roughly... A hundred. A hundred. Yeah. You roughly. think you think that's all? You've been on camping trips. I know. Been I've, been, I've been a lot. I'm just traveling. saying a hundred. Yeah, because we did twenty three shows a month. Never mind. Um <laughs> all right, let me get a good in. So here, here like three okay, let's say let me tell you the trick. Like five hundred. Let me tell you the trick. So the, the trick is it's not the number. Okay. Right? It's the when you start thinking of that, yeah, it's where your mind goes. Right. You're like, oh man, I went here. Oh, when I was a kid, oh man, I slept in this house. And it's the journey your mind goes on is the true answer. And it's oh. such a fun thing to ask somebody because they stop and you have to think about it, right? So some people have traveled more than other people, right? I slept on couches too and everything. That's what I'm saying, right? Because <laughs> people be like, wait, do you mean like like a tent, couches? Yeah. What do you mean, right? But it's it's a neat thing to have somebody's mind go on that journey and you start getting all those like, you know, sparks of memories. Yeah. And it's such mm. a cool thing for somebody to have. Like so, it's really again. It's not the number, right? It's, okay. it's not the number. Just because I, I know say, you're starting to be like, oh man, dog, I gotta get. I'm gonna get say, that. I'm just gonna say 500 to make it sound cool. <laughs> 500, 500. That's it. Oh man, that's fantastic. How many bed was with women? Well, yeah. no, I know that's 350. I know that. <laughs> 350. <laughs> I'm just joking. My niece is here. I'm just playing. I don't. Um, all right, oblique. Okay, <clears throat> for you. So the special question is, um, if you had the opportunity. To live another day in your life, to add one, would it be in the past or the future, and why? Damn, that, guy, damn. that was that a one, good one. That one hurt. I'm going to sit back on that <laughs> I'm gonna, um I'm going to say the past. One day in the past, man, because there's some people I lost in my life that I would give anything to have another mm-hmm. day with, like for real. Yep. Yeah. So definitely the past. I appreciate that, man. It's that, that you like in my head when I initially thought, and I've asked that and, you know, again, multiple conversations, I always think about like people to answer the past. I've actually had quite a few say the future because they're like, Hey, I've had no regrets. I've spent time with the people that I needed to. And I would like to see where my family's going, like my children or where like I, my life ends up or whatever I'm leaving. So it's, it's one of my favorite questions to ask. Well, both of those two, because sometimes they get the the funny side of that. People are like, "Oh, what do you mean?" You know, like uh, I only got five kids, but you know, like. <laughs> right. But it's always it's always interesting. But that one is like it's a true journey, and so so it's funny. You guys talk about networking and meeting people, and I've always found that like even if you're sitting on a plane or whatever, having the conversations, you can get the like, "Hey, where are you from?" "Hey, whatever else." But you get these really cool questions you can start to ask people and you get to really know, you know, about them in deep. Like, hey, if I if I if you had a chance to go spend money, you know, um, at a brick and mortar store, like and it was like X amount of money, but you got like five hours or whatever. Like, what store would you go to? And it's interesting to hear people. Some people they're like, oh, I really like watches. It'd be a watch store. Oh, I, you know, I'd 
oh man, groceries. Like I'd just go spend groceries and put in the freezer. And then some people think hard and they're like, oh, I'd go to like Lowe's or Home Depot because mm-hmm. then I could buy building supplies and build another house. Right. So it's, right. it's so interesting to think and, and you get a little bit more than just that, like, you know, top layer of questioning, if you will. So again, I do appreciate that. I know sometimes it takes a little bit of a, <laughs> nah, I <laughs> go, like it, man. That was dope. Yeah, that was nice. That was dope. I was like, <laughs> but I was thinking about places I've been to. I was like, and I was over there. <laughs> there was some shenanigans. There. Right. Um, shenanigans. Shenanigans. So last for the for the promo side, anything you guys want to say? Anything upcoming recent that y'all want to talk to? Or? Yeah, man. Um, any artists looking for studio time uh, in on the Emerald Coast? Um, we are on social media, Elevated Underground of the Emerald Coast on Facebook, Elevated underscore underground on Instagram. Um, we'll probably have all those links from somewhere. Um, yeah, uh, one of our artists, Thaddeus Royale, just dropped a new album. It's called Not For The Week. It's streaming on all platforms. Another one of our artists, uh, Chris Carter, he just dropped a new new album called Long Story Short. It's on all platforms. Um, yeah, man, uh, we're working. We're working on some new music. We, uh, we're we going to be doing some, some new shows um, and a big comedy event coming up. So just stay tuned. Make sure y'all tap in with us on social media. Great. Yeah, and if you want to get a hold of me, get a hold of him. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he can say no, and it don't, it don't seem bad coming from me. But yeah, man, like I say, we got a, some, a big comedy event we're trying to put together. Uh, details will be out on that. We dropping music, of course. Um, Nashville, um, we're, we're partnering up with SRO, and we're going to start doing events there. Great. So uh, right now it's every four months or three months, somewhere in there, but is a, we're bringing something to Niceville, so you guys have something to do. The last show we did was epic. Mm. It was it was cool. Everybody was fun, loving. I don't know how people feel about SRO, but when we do a show, it's safe, it's loving, it's fun. Mm. So we're trying to bring something to SRO, so people in Niceville have something to do. It's going to be on Fridays, you know, once every three months or four months somewhere in there. But just you know, follow us on Facebook, Elevated Underground. And you will see all that other good stuff that's great yeah i think i was flying back into town right i would have loved to to go to that and make sure all the you know the children are better but i, I right. i'm looking forward to coming to one of your shows for sure um well y'all i very much appreciate y'all's time uh coming on people i value experience mm-hmm. and um until next time yeah peace love blessings all right thanks <laughs>